Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm your host, Stephanie. It's Author Spotlight Day. This is Author Spotlight number nine. I am talking with Pastor Banning Liebscher, and he is the founder of Jesus Culture, and he wrote a new book. It's called The Three Mile Walk, The Courage You Need to Live the Life God Wants for You. Isn't that so captivating? We had a fabulous conversation and we went over 20 minutes, so I broke it up into two episodes. Let me know if you like that. I really try to keep these episodes 20 minutes or less and those are my interview episodes and then the ones where I'm just talking, just me to you, (laughs) um, those are eight minutes or less, hence the 500 seconds. That's about eight minutes. So as this podcast evolves, I'd love to hear your feedback. So let me know if you like that I do a part one and part two. You can email me at 500secondstojoy at gmail.com. That's 500secondstojoy at gmail.com. Or you can head on over to Instagram, send me a message there. That's 500secondstojoypodcast, 500secondstojoypodcast. As usual, the links are in the show notes. And let me know how you like this part one and part two of an interview try to keep these episodes short and I talk too much. Oops. Okay, here we go. So in part one of my conversation with Banning, he is letting you know about the book and what it's about. And then we start diving into what courage is and how we can really cling to this courage and keep moving forward. And I know some of you are, most of us are struggling right now. Let's be real. Quarantine has been really hard. It's been a trial, friends. It's been a trial. And that's why I come out with so many episodes. I hope I can add some joy to your day. I hope I can put some goodness out there. Because if you turn on the news, there's a lot of negativity. And it's hard to watch. So, anywho, here we go. Banny Liebscher, I love this book, The Three Mile Walk. It's very inspiring. And it's based on a Bible story. You'll hear Banning talk about that. He's talking about the courage to keep moving forward and how we can be courageous in pursuing the call God has on our life. And he's also talking about the three lies from the story of Elijah. And these are three lies, three lies that the enemy tells us. And um, he, Fanning lets us know how we can really fight against these lies and cling to God's truth. Don't believe the lies, friends. Hold on to courage. Ask God for the courage to help you keep moving forward. And I hope you enjoy this interview with Banning Liebscher. Here's part one. Welcome to the podcast, Banning. I'm happy to have you. Oh, it's so good to be here. Honestly, I, I'm not joking when I say this. Very much looking forward to being on this and just love, love what you're doing. Thank you so much. And I love what you're doing. And this is Banny Liebscher, everybody. He's the founder and pastor of Jesus Culture. I'm so honored to have you here. And I just read your book, The Three Mile Walk, The Courage You Need to Live the Life God Wants for You. And I'm excited for others to hear your message and just this message of courage. It's just so unique and so needed right now. We were kind of talking before I recorded about the importance of courage, not necessarily confidence, but courage that leads us to trust God with things. So um, before we get started, could you introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners who don't know you yet and just let them know what you do as the Jesus Culture founder and then the pastor of 
to you this culture Sacramento? And then why were you inspired to write this book, The Three Mile Walk? Absolutely. Well, uh, you mentioned my name, Banning. I've been married uh, for 22 years and I have a 21-year-old daughter who's in college. I have a 17-year-old daughter who's about to be a senior in high school. And I have a 14-year-old son who's about to be a high school, a high schooler, a freshman. So that's my life right now. I've been living quarantined uh, with teenagers and uh, it's actually been amazing. It's much better. I have a lot of friends who have little kids at home and I feel for them. My, <laughs> home, my, my homeschooling consists of kids, you guys are doing work, right? <laughs> um, that's about the extent. Uh, so I've been married 22 years, have three kids, um, and live in the Sacramento area. And then, uh, yeah, we planted, uh, we, we did a youth and young adult ministry for years called Jesus culture that still is going, but it's morphed into a church world. Uh, but out of that came worship and things like that, which most people would know us from. And then, um, we planted a church about five and a half years ago here in the Sacramento area. And so I lead an incredible community of people uh, that are really just, it's just been so amazing what God's been doing in the midst of uh, people's lives. And so I'm a dad and a pastor. And and then I, I occasionally every four or five years write a book because it's, it's a lot more of a labor of love for me writing. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I do. That's awesome. Yeah. And so your book, your new book is about courage. So why courage? You know, let's talk about courage and why yeah. you kind of honed in on that topic in particular. Well, I think um, I've always been pretty passionate about coming alongside people. I, I didn't quite know, um, and there's going to be so many different listeners from probably so many different streams of the body of Christ. So some of my language may be a little bit different, but I, um, early on, when when I first started ministry, I remember the Lord speaking to me one time about um, starting a conference for youth pastors. And I just remember he was just spoke to my heart and just said, man, I want you to start something for youth pastors. And I, and I was a young youth pastor. I'm like, I, I can't do a youth pastors conference. What do I know? I don't, I don't even know. I, I can't tell them how to do anything. I can't tell them how to have a good youth group or how to grow anything. And I remember him just speaking to me saying, I don't need you to, I, he goes, I don't need you to equip them. I just need you to encourage them. I just need you to be their biggest fan. And I remember going, oh, I could do that. And it set something in motion for my own life where I realized I just want to encourage people. I want to equip them. I want to inspire them. I want to challenge them, but I want to encourage them. And I think the reason why it's so big in my heart is because of this. What I realized is what's stopping people isn't even a lack of teaching. It's a lack of courage. That, that what's really required to follow Jesus, it takes a massive, massive amount of courage. And, mm -hmm. and I think as I walk with people, a lot of what, because this book is actually about engaging the call of God in your life. It's about actually understanding that God has called me to be someone. He's called me to do something. And that my heart is that you would be awakened to actually step out and engage who God's called you to be and what God's called you to do. But as you do that, you realize, wow, it takes a massive, massive amount of courage to do what God's called me to do. And I think one of the reasons why so many people deal with discouragement is because, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the enemy knows this, that you'll never be who God's called you to be or do what God's called you to do apart from courage. And so he comes to discourage you. 
He literally comes to disarm you of courage. And maybe it's not your entire life that's discouraged, but maybe an area of your life, a relationship or your family or your finances or your work, or you just feel discouraged. And uh, my, my heart for people is like, no, I want you to step out into all that God's called you to do. I want you to experience all that God has for you, but it's going to take courage. And uh, so that's kind of really what it is around. And, and even people that deal with discouragement, I, I just am like, uh, there's nobody I know. And I'm talking about people that are, are considered extremely successful, you know, people that, you know, are, are at home with their kids, people that have a corner office, people that have big ministries, whatever else it is. Discouragement is that one thing that tries to creep in. And so can we position our lives to live full of courage in order to do what God's called us to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Discouragement is pervasive. I mean, that is why I created this podcast, actually, uh, to encourage moms and yes, to equip them. But I completely agree that the encouragement is key. And I think a lot of encouragement, at least from what I've seen in my own life and the people I work with, um, with this ministry, it's very scriptural. And you bring in scripture in your book, of course, um, as a pastor, it makes sense. Um, (laughs) But also it just makes sense practically because that is the battlefield. That is our, our sword, right? So we're in this battle, like you're saying, the enemy comes to discourage us, but the way to fight back and be courageous is with the Bible that that's our sword. That's you know, what we come and fight the enemy with. So could you talk a little bit about how, you know, you dive into scripture and find that courage? Because of course we know as believers that all the good things that we do, they come from God. So this courage is divine courage, I believe. You know, this is not something that we just create out of thin air. Yes, we have to take steps. I'm all about taking action. Um, I'm very type A planner kind of person, but so much of what we do, it just, it has to come from God. It has to come from his power. So could you speak a little bit about, you know, where in the Bible we can really look to as like anchors for being courageous and fighting against that discouragement? Well, I, I, I'm going to, I'll answer that. I'll tell you about scripture, just being rooted deeply in scripture and um, really connecting with truth, um, but but also just reading the stories. Mm-hmm. I, re, I mean, I mean, the Bible is full of stories of people just like us that believed God, that were discouraged but found truth. I mean, the Psalms is that, right? The Psalms is it's almost like every Psalm is David at the beginning, discouraged, wrestling with God, where are you? What's happening? Why are my enemies prevailing? And then him finding that place of security and peace in God. But I would say when it comes to, I would say this discouragement and hopelessness at the root of those things is a lie that we're believing. So, so if I'm discouraged and if I feel hopeless, it's because I'm believing a lie somewhere. And, um, and so, so we, we know that, you know, the Bible says that his word is truth. It's truth. So I've got to go, I've got to go anchor my life to truth. Um, so, so that, so that that lie that's come and almost all the lie, most of the lies come back to either 
I don't believe God is with me or I don't believe God is for me. So, so I, I don't believe God is with me. So I'm facing a situation, uh, wh- whatever it could be. Maybe you're a mom right now and uh, you know I've got teenage kids and I'll say this right now, teenage kids are by far uh, um, uh, the, like it's the scariest thing I've ever done. Like I feel so far in over my head trying to do my best to raise teenagers. And, um, and it's interesting. It can be, it can be overwhelming at times. It's beautiful as well. Like my kids are, it's really beautiful and it's, it's amazing, but it's also overwhelming and scary. And so if I'm feeling discouraged, maybe about my kids or a relationship, whatever else it is, there's some lie that I'm believing that God's not with me in that situation or that he's not for me. And so I think it's so important that we're anchored to scripture because that's where we're going. That's where we find truth. That's where we find that God is with us. That's where we find uh, that, that God will never leave us or forsake us. That's where we find that his power is available to us in every situation that he hasn't forgotten about us. That's where we find even the concept of seasons. Many times people are discouraged simply because they don't recognize the season they're in. And, and so just being anchored to truth is so important. And, and mm-hmm. we can do something about that. You don't have to sit and believe lies. You, this is the, the gift of scripture to us is that I can get into scripture and I can fill my life with truth. And from that place of truth, live from a place of encouragement because that discouragement is connected to a lie I'm believing. I totally agree. And actually that leads perfectly into what I was going to ask you about, which this part of the the book, really, I just was so excited about it because I never thought of it this way. Um, The three lies from the story of Elijah. So I thought, whoa, this is so powerful and universal. Like these lies are so, like you were saying, you know, God is with me. God is not for me. And, you know, I've struggled with in my own life, my mom having cancer and feeling like God is not good and having to kind of overcome that lie. Like he's good, even though he's good amidst whatever struggle I'm facing. And so I think these lies are so universal. Can you share these three lies and then just kind of talk about, you know, how you, how you present it in the book? It's so powerful. This is Literally my favorite yeah. part of the book. It's well, so me, good. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just say this real quick about even the situation of your mom and cancer and things like that. We have it, if, if scripture isn't our foundation. So if we, if, if scripture isn't what we're basing our life in, as far as we say truth is here, then we have to, be, we're looking for truth. We're looking mm-hmm. for truth. Mm-hmm. So if we're not looking to scripture for truth, then we're looking somewhere for truth. And we're either going to, and we find it then in our experiences. So we're beginning to define God, not by what scripture says, but by our experiences. And, and, and that's the part for me where I I would just really encourage people. Listen, we, we have, there are a lot of questions you may have. You you may have questions about, well, why did this happen? And why does this happen? And, And sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure fully, but, but my life is not based. I can't base my life on my experiences. I I have to be able to base my life on what the word of God says. And that's where truth is. This is what I would say about Elijah. Elijah is this amazing story because he has this incredible victory 
Mount Carmel. I mean, 400 prophets killed, killed. God shows up with fire. But the next day, he's worn down and starts believing lies. And the, the, and the, the, the lies were that, one, God is, uh, has abandoned me, that the situation is hopeless, and that I have, no, and that I have nobody. And, and, and like nobody's with me. And this is what begins to happen. We, be, we begin to believe that God's not with us. Now, if you're, if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, what I would say is this. I don't see Christians that become atheists. I call them situational atheists. We, mm -hmm. believe, we believe God is with us. We just don't believe he's with us in this situation. I believe that God mm -hmm. exists. I, don't, I just don't believe he's with me in my marriage. So I am so discouraged about my marriage and I believe that God is there. I just don't believe he's with me in my marriage. And then, and then the situation is hopeless where when I look at the future, I'm now believing uh, it's, it's with dread and worry, not with anticipation of good. And so those are those three lies that I think Elijah dealt with, that God is not with, that God's abandoned him, that the situation is hopeless and that, and that he doesn't have anybody. And, um, and I think those are the three lies that we deal with constantly. Uh, you know, we feel lonely. We feel like nobody sees us. We feel all alone. The situation feels hopeless and God has abandoned us. So, you know, I, I think that you have to recognize, oh, I'm believing that lie. So I need to make sure I go get anchored in truth then. And, uh, and that's where courage, like when you say, I need to position my life to be courageous the word of God and community are two of the main factors for how you live a courageous life. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And I wrote down what you said about if you don't anchor yourself in scripture, you look to the situation to tell you yeah. the truth and, yeah. and situations. I mean, as we know in, you know, St. Paul writes about how he finds joy in, yes. in prison. And so yes. when, that always gets me, you know, if we looked at his situation, we'd say, oh, he should be so angry or discouraged yes. or, you know, all these negative things. And yet here he is rejoicing. That yes. always gets me. And I love it so much because I talk about joy. I think about joy. <laughs> I consider myself a pretty joyful person. But, you know, when my mom has been struggling with her cancer for the last year and a half, um, am I rejoicing? Not always. And so it, that yes. verse really anchors me in truth. Like, oh, St. Paul is in prison. He's being persecuted for his faith. People hate him and want to kill him. And here he is rejoicing. It's incredible. Yeah. Like that, that is one of my favorite passages in scripture for sure. No, um, and, what, and what you're describing so isn't, what you're describing is an internal reality. So mm -hmm. joy, peace, these different things that are available to us, they are not connected to external circumstances. So, so it's why the, the pastor in China who's been in jail for 10 years can still remain joyful because his joy is an internal reality. It's not, an, it's not connected to external circumstances. If you got a few more minutes, part two is ready. Head on over to that episode if you got a few minutes left. It's worth it. I promise. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.